Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Coons. This sermon is called, I Am What I Am, from September 13th of 2020, preached right here, 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, right outside of Clay Como. We invite you to join us any old Sunday, 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and 11 a.m. for worship. Now here's our pastor, Philip Kuntz, with I Am What I Am. Let's all please turn. We have two things to look up today, two. One is the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14. I'm going to give you a few moments as you're looking that up. Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14. And the other is the book of John, chapter 8. Verse 58. While you're looking those up, after you look them up, that is, if we could please stand to honor the reading of his word. And as I said, that's not a a must, but if you would, to honor it, I mean, that would be nice too. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you will say this to the children of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And John 8, 58 says this. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. God bless and honor the reading of his word. And you may be seated. It's that time of year. It's that time of year as school has begun again. Children are all running off to school. You know those days. Parents got a little more freedom, you know. And it's good because they've had kids a lot longer this year than they usually do. But they go to school. And that's good for the most part. But there's school children of all ages, both elementary, middle school, high school, and yes, college too. And There are certain things that are not good about school. There are certain things. Certain things that school teachers teach that are good, they are. And certain things that school teachers teach that are not good. Certain things that school teachers have to teach, that's not their fault. And there are certain things, depending on the teachers, of course, you got to remember that. And I don't just say that because we have a wonderful school teacher right here, and she is, too. She really is. Good Christian school teacher. They teach a science, but she's a good school teacher. And then we also have some who teach it because they have an agenda of their own. They teach these things they want to. And some teach lies of the enemy, and, and really most of them do. And I'm talking about the, the main school districts. They teach lies of the enemy. Some do it because they can't help it. This is what the school teaches. They teach lies. There's lies being taught all over the world. Lies of the enemy. And a lot of them don't know that it's lies. They don't know because they've been taught these lies as being truths. But it's what they teach. Boy, this sounds like a fun sermon, doesn't it? But it's true. The enemy teaches lies all over the world. Teaches lies as truths. That's what he does. But he teaches it in disguise disguise of love and truth. That's what he does. That's what the enemy does. In deceit and lies. After all, the enemy is the father of lies, isn't he? He's not only a liar, but the father of lies. Jesus Christ said so himself. 
That's what he does. And he does so to poison and destroy the lives of the young. Been doing it for years and years. They're not young anymore. They're people of your age, even older. He destroys lives. That's what he does. Oftentimes, telling them uh, that who they ought to be, who they think they are. Tell them that there's something that they're not. Oftentimes, telling them what they think they ought to be. Tell them what they ought to feel. Tell them that if they have any kind of doubt of what they are, or any kind of doubt of what they should think, then there's something wrong with them. That there's something wrong with their body, something wrong with their brain, something wrong with what they are. Maybe you're not real men if you should do this. Maybe you're not real women if you think this way. Maybe there's something different about the way you truly are. Maybe God made you different. This is what the enemy teaches them, you see. This is what he does to them. He tells, teaches them falsehoods and, and teaches them unbiblical things. This is what he does, you see. He teaches them these things. This is what he does. The title of today's sermon is, I am what I am. That's what the title of today's sermon is. One of the things that they've been teaching for years is evolution. For many, 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 many years, we've been teaching evolution. They're teaching as facts, and it's all fiction. We know it's fiction. We know that. People with any sense at all can see that it's fiction. We've been talking about it for years, but it's true. We know that evolution is not true. They teach that there is no God. And so if there is no God, if there is no God, they don't have to answer to God. If there is no God, then God didn't create us. If God didn't create us, then, then there's no reason to even believe that we don't have to answer to him. If we don't have to answer to him, then he didn't design us. If he didn't design us, then we don't have a designer. If we don't have a designer, then men are based off him. By men, I mean mankind. You see, this is the narrative that they teach to the children, and children are confused. Mankind is confused because of the lies of the enemy. This is what they teach, and it's sad. But God did make us. He did make mankind. It is a fact. It is a lie of the enemy to teach anything different. And the sad thing is, is there's even, there's even churches, even churches that try to teach that perhaps evolution is real, that perhaps, that perhaps, just perhaps, we need to go along, go along with the lie. That's so sad. That's so sad. You can't have both. You can't have both being taught. The Bible tells you you can't have both. You have to teach the truth or a lie, but you can't teach both. And you can't truly, you can't truly be a church of the Lord God if you're not teaching the full truth of his word. You have to be all or nothing. Amen? Amen. God made you. So how did God made you? Well, first of all, know this, know this. God made you. Physically, but there's a lot to you. You are physical. You are mental. You are emotional. Wait a minute. The pastor say I'm mental. Yes, you're mental. But listen, here's the thing. A part of you is what you are physically, mentally, what you are emotionally, and yes, what you are spiritually. There's all these things. That's all a part of you. So there's a part of you that is physical, part of you that is mental, part of you that is emotional, part of you that is spiritual. And there are strengths and weaknesses in you because we have them. All of us have them. And you know that. We all have these things. God has given us these things, and he can use all of them, by the way, to his glory. He can use all these things to his glory, not to our glory, but yes, he can even show you what you have. That's how great God is. But when God created mankind, he made us perfect, absolutely perfect. It was sin that destroyed and took away the perfection. It was sin that did that. It wasn't that God made a mistake. We know that, right? We know that God didn't make a mistake. It was 
mankind that made the mistake by not listening to him and listening to the enemy that likes to spread the lie. So let's take a look at just a few things real quick. First of all, first of all, before we go on, let's, let's remember this. Uh, most of what we are, most of what we are, uh, the I am of us, the I am, we look and say, I am what I am. We say this all the time. I am what I am. It's what the world teaches. I, I am what I am. And God loves what I am. God made me what I am. But we got to remember this. The I am of us, God gave us free will, right? The most of what we are, uh, we are physically made of the Lord God. But most of what we are, the mental part of us, the emotional part of us, the, the, even the spiritual part of us is choice. Because God gave us free will. And you have to remember that. All those other parts are by choice. And what do I mean by that? Well, we will talk about this as we go on. But God made us. God made human beings. And so in Genesis 1.27, it says this, and it just sums it up really easily. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. He goes on specifically in chapter 2 talking about how he created them. He goes into detail about that. We then see uh, that after that in chapter 3, how they made the mistake that they made, obviously listening to the crafty one, okay? But if you ever want to have a verse that talks about that, that's when sin came in, obviously. That's when the perfection was destroyed. If you ever want to have a good verse, and, and you don't want to go to Genesis chapter 1, here's a good verse that will help you to talk about God creating mankind. Here it is, Genesis chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says this, This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female. He blessed them and called them mankind in the day when they were created. This is perfect. And why do I say this? Because I want you to see that he made male and female. He made them. They were perfect when he created them. It was sin that made them imperfect. But even Jesus himself in both Matthew 19.4 and Mark 10.6, and this is what Mark 10.6 says, he says this, Jesus says, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Jesus himself says this, and it's important that we hear it. It's important that we hear it because Jesus himself spoke about what the Lord God did because Jesus is the Lord God. He is God. He is God in the form of his son. And he came here, he, he himself said it. Because many people say that Jesus never spoke about certain things. And yes, he did. Yes, he most certainly did. He spoke about the way the Lord created things, and he spoke about the way God wants things, male and female. Yes, he most certainly did. So let's take a look at ourselves the way we are physically. Physically, yes, we have strengths. Yes, we have weaknesses, every single one of us, because of the sin of this world. But we have strengths and weaknesses. And we can say to ourselves, I am able to go on even though I have weaknesses. I know it's hard to believe I'm not perfect. I've said it before. I'm not. I apologize for destroying your, your imagination, but I'm not perfect. However, the greatness is this. Even though we have faults, we can go on. And a lot of people say this. Well, I am what I am. I am what I am. No matter what, God loves me just the way I am. Well, yes, he does love you, even though we have faults. However, that doesn't mean that we're perfect just the way we are, and God made us to be the way we are because... No, God didn't make us to have faults. We know that, but he loves us despite those things. When I hear the phrase, I am what I am, of course, I think of the Lord God. I do, obviously. But at the same time, 
I'll be truthful with you. I think of Popeye, the sailor man. I do. I think every time I think of Popeye, the sailor man. One of my favorite cartoon characters and comic book characters of, of all time. I won't go into the whole history. I could. I could. I sadly I could tell you a little thing about how he came from comic book and and how it comic book was in comic book strip that is comic strip. What do you mean about him? Thimble Theater. Well, I'm already going, so I won't I won't go there any further. But I'll tell you this. Popeye used to say, I am what I am, and that's all that I am. Well, let me tell you something, Christians. You yam what you am, but that ain't all that you am, because you have Jesus Christ living within you. And Popeye, at least in the cartoons, he only ate spinach once in the comic strip, to be honest with you, at least in the beginning. In the cartoon, when, when uh, the Fletcher people took over and started making the cartoon, he ate uh, spinach, you know, pretty much every single cartoon. And that's what made him strong. You know that. You know that. But let me tell you something. Uh, I love that cartoon. Whenever he ate the spinach, it's what gave him strength, correct? No matter how many times the enemy defeated on him, no matter how many times Bluto or whoever would, would beat on him, he would find strength in the spinach. You remember that? Da, 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 da. Well, let me tell you something. The enemy can beat on you, and no matter how weak you may feel, you can take out your spinach, but your spinach is not going to be some vegetable green. It's going to be the Word of God. And you can be who you am, but because of who lives within you, not because of you. You am what you am. But we have, as far as physical matters go, we have genes in the family line. God made us that way. We have genes and we inherit things. We also inherit gifts and talents that God gave us because God knows exactly who we are and who we are inside and out. He knows who we are. We are his creation and we are also Christians and we also receive gifts because of the Holy Spirit because of this. And I am who I am, but I am also his. I am his. I am. I am a living sacrifice. The Bible says this. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We belong to God, Christian soldiers. We most certainly do. I spoke a while ago about the fact we have free will. And so, therefore, in our minds and in our emotions, it depends on what we have around us, what we become, and who we truly are. Mentally... It depends on based on our surroundings, what we watch, what we listen to, who we are around, what we read and what we're guided by. That depends. It all depends on those things, who we are. Well, we know because we've heard this before. We've talked about it before. But listen now. Romans 12, 2 tells us what? Do not be what? Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and Perfect will of God. Correct? We need to be careful. We need to be careful what this world tells us. It says, don't settle. It's what it's telling us not to settle what we're taught here on this world. But in this world, they're trying to tell people that you are created a certain way, a different way than what the word tells you. The world tells you you're something completely different. But we're not to pay attention to that. Young people nowadays are being told something completely different, not just about evolution, but through evolution, they're being told that they have uh, not a choice at all for how they turn out. They're being told that they were created not by God, but by nature. They even have characters like Mother Nature and Mother Earth that put them together in a certain way and that they have to react a certain way. And through that, they, they have to do other things that they can't help, that they can't help themselves but to react on the emotions that they have. We'll get to that here in a second, except to say this. 
we do need to be careful of what we do, not to listen to the world, because this is what the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever things uh, are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there are any praise, think on these things. So don't listen to the things of the world. Yes, they are trying to destroy your mind. Yes, they are trying to manipulate you. Yes, there are people, even people who call themselves scientists, and I say call themselves scientists because it's not science. It's not science that they're going on to. No, 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 no. Even people who call themselves doctors are trying to tell you that this is true, but it's not. It's a facade of the enemy trying to tell you it's true, and it's not because God himself who created all things knows what's true. He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And when they're going against he who created all things, I'm going to tell you something. They are being used as something that's supernatural, but it's not the Lord. It is the enemy himself. And we need to be careful what we listen to. And even more importantly, he, the enemy, is trying to manipulate the future through our poor, beautiful, young-minded children. And we need to be very careful what they are taking in. And so many of those young people right now are believing it's true. And they're believing that you're the ones being manipulated. And it's breaking my heart to see this every single year. More and more children getting up in line, causing violence out there because they actually believe that this beautiful word of God is a lie. When in reality, it's the father of lies that's making them believe this. It's a horrible thing. Horrible. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Talking about the Lord. Because he trusts in you. Ephesians 4, 23. Only one verse. I'm going to read to this. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Keep your mind on Christ. We need to keep our mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so many people... In this world today, they love to take its and bits, itty bits and pieces of the word. Just bits and pieces. They don't take the whole thing. They take bits and pieces, and they like to put it together, you see. But they don't like to take the whole truth. Just bits and pieces of it. One of them that I hear used continuously by the world, incidentally, they like to say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And these are people who are living sinfully. People who are out there living completely ungodly, and they say, I am what I am, and God made me this way, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. By the way, that comes from Psalm 139, verse 14, and that's just a part of it, not the full thing, but I'm going to read you what it really says and what it's about. Do you know that it's not talking about how wonderful I am? I've mentioned this before. You're like, yeah, pastor, you've read it before. You talked about it before. Yeah, a few months ago, but here's the thing. Let me tell you what that's really saying. It's not, it's not praising the creation. It's not praising the creation. It's praising the creator of the creations. That's what that psalm is doing. It's like somebody going out and saying, look at that car. Oh, the car is so wonderful. Way to go, car. Way to go, car. No, not, not really. Actually, if you ever went to a car show, you shouldn't go to the car and say, hoo, 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 way to go, car. You're so great, car. No, you should go to the person who made the car. You should go to the, to the, the one who made the car and say, man, you're a great engineer. You did a good job, engineer. Give the engineer a hand, because that's what this verse is doing. It's giving the engineer, the creator, a hand for what he did with his creation. But people like to say, look how great I am. 
There's pride in there. There's manipulation in there. It's almost as if the liar himself, Satan, likes people to take bits and pieces that they think how great they are and they don't have to change anything about themselves. Oh, wait, that's exactly what's going on, isn't it? Yes, it is. Let's take a look at what this really says. Philipp, uh, excuse me, Psalm verse one, uh, chapter 139, verses 13 through 16. And this is a different version of it. The one I read to you a while ago was the uh, uh, English Standard Version. This, this one, is a modern English version. Okay, you, there's a verse 13 here. You brought my inner parts into being. You wove me in my mother's womb. Let's talk to the Lord now. I will praise you, for you made me with fear and wonder. Marvelous are your works, and you know me completely. That's verse 14. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and intricately put together in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw me unformed, yet in your book all my days were written before any of them came into being. God made me the way I am, yes, because God knows what's best for me. God should be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, God also knows how we are emotionally. God does. When God takes control of us emotionally, God can make us wonderful, wonderful. But unfortunately, emotionally, with all of our surroundings, we can be manipulated by the enemy, and so many people do. What happens with us emotionally, with our surroundings, Satan can take control and emotionally and also psychologically, I'm talking about mentally now, psychologically, Satan can take a hold, which can di dictate our decisions and how we feel every day, the things that we decide to do, how we live our lifestyles and the things that we say and do and who we follow this is very, very important. And what I'm about to say, I don't want to make this perfectly clear. There are many people out there who are living sexual lives, very sexual, uh, perverted lives. Different preferences, and even people who are choosing a different gender. Different ones who are saying that even though they are male, that they're not a male emotionally or mentally. Women who say they're not a woman mentally or emotionally. This is why we have different genders now besides just male and female. And when I say this, I want to say this. I want to make this perfectly clear. If you're out there right now watching, if there's one right out there right now who's a homosexual or someone who's of a different gender besides male and female, I am not insulting you, or at least that's not my intent. I am not putting you down. I love you very much with all my heart, with all my soul. I love you. God loves you. I love you. And if I could right now, I would come and talk with you and I would hug you and let you know how loved you are. But listen to me. God loves you so much that he wants to correct the lies that Satan has told you. I love you so much. I'm telling you the truth. I'm showing you the word and what it says. I love you so much that I'm not going to lie to you and make you believe that sin is okay. It is a sin because the Bible tells us it's a sin. I'm going to show this to you in a moment. But I don't want you to think that I hate you because I don't. I love you very much. And I'm doing this out of love, not hatred. 
I would do just about anything for you. I really would. Please understand that. Now, remember, physically God made us, but mentally and emotionally, mentally and emotionally, that can dictate what we think we're feeling physically. This is what happens. This is what happens so very, very often. Oftentimes what we feel, what we feel emotionally and mentally dictates how we feel physically. It dictates that. It really, really does. It truly, truly does. But now in the world, there's many people who say it's 100% okay to do these things. And Satan is telling them that that is how God has created them. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. And the Bible tells us it's a lie. But then if people are, are going along with it, and by the way, there's even churches going along with that, and even ministers are doing that, and by the way, shame on you. Shame on you, pastors. Shame on you, and you will answer to God for that. Because you are manipulating them. You're being used to Satan is what you're being used of. Shame on you. You want to talk to me? Call me about that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk uh, in love, but we're going to talk about that. You're being used to Satan. Yes, we're to show love and compassion, but we're to be honest with one another too. Don't be used of Satan in this way. Because you are being used of Satan and telling them lies and going against the word of God. We are to be loving enough to be honest. And this is a shame. It's a shame to allow people to believe that they're doing what God told them to do when he told us exactly the opposite in his word. We're not to do this to anyone, ever. It's like telling someone that they're not dying of, of a poison in their system when they are a doctor would have to answer to the Lord if he did that. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lie to you because I'd have to answer to God if I did. <sighs> James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This is why I say it. the pastors will have to answer to the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Genesis 2.24, therefore a man will leave his father's mother and be joined to, joined to his wife and they will become one flesh. This is talking about being together sexually. This is what it's talking about. They become one flesh. God was talking about this. This doesn't mean they become like one person. They, in, in other words, some people have actually tried to use it to say that this is how a man could be like a woman, a woman like a man. That's not what it's talking about. I'm telling you this because people manipulate that. No, this means they come together sexually. That's what it means. Okay, another thing. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Let's look what that says real quick. And I want to use this one particularly. What is this talking about? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous, talking about the lost now, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This one says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, nor uh, will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, this is important, such were some of you, talking about the, the Corinthians here, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. This means it's a sin, but you can be saved like all these other things. You're no different than a liar. You're no different than a thief. You're no different than a glutton. You're no different than anyone else. God can save you from these things. Now, some people, I've even heard certain Christians, some people say, well, this isn't the same because in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, verse 9, when it says homosexuals, that, that word wasn't originally there. They add that later. Well, let's say for just a second. Let's say that's true. I don't believe that, by the way. But let's just say for a second that that's true. Okay, what about all the other verses it's in? Just curious. 
What about all the other verses? Oh, it's not any other verses. I've heard people say it's not any other verses. Well, I'm glad you said that because I, I have a I, I, let's go together. I've got a few other places to look at with you. I'm not saying that to be smart aleck, by the way. I'm saying that because I really want to show you it is under their places. Uh, first of all, for just a minute, let's go to Leviticus. Leviticus 18.22. You shall not lie with a man as one does with a woman. It is in abomination. This is in Leviticus a lot. It says that right there. Also, let's not forget Genesis chapter 19, where there's Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, we already know about Sodom and Gomorrah. We're not going to talk about that. So instead of that, we'll go to Jude, verse 7. There's only one chapter there. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, so there's all sorts of cities around, the surrounding cities, in like manner, gave themselves to immorality and went after different flesh. They serve as example by suffering the punishment of eternal fire. So yes, it's a sin. Yes, they did this. How about 1 Timothy 1.10? It was talking about who the law is for, and it said, for the sexually immoral, for sodomites, sodomites, come from Sodom, the sodomites, for slave traders, for liars, for per perjurers, and for anything else that is contrary to sound doctrine. It says all these things. It has one more thing I want to read to you. One more thing, because this is a, a very true one. And this is Romans chapter 1, 18 through 32. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth through unrighteousness. For what may be uh, known about God is clear to them since God has shown it to them. The invisible things about him, his eternal power and deity have been clearly seen since the creation of the world and are understood by the things that they are made so that they are without excuse because all I'm going to say it again so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him or give thanks to him as God, but became futile in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened claiming to be wise. They became fools. They changed their glory of the incorruptible God into an imagine, imagine, excuse me, an image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to uh, dishonor their own bodies among themselves. They turned to uh, turned the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what is against nature. Likewise, the men leaving the natural function of the woman burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, doing what which is shameful and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not proper. They were filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, they are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, proud, boastful, 
inventors of evil things and disobedient towards parents without understanding, covet, uh, covenant, excuse me, covenant breakers without natural affection, uh, calloused and unmerciful who know the righteous requirement of God that those who commit such things are worthy of death. They not only do them, but also give hearty approval of those who practice them. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but does this not sound a little bit like what's going on even today? It most certainly does. I say this not out of hatred. I say this out of love. Though we need to get things back right with the Lord God. We most certainly do. We most certainly do. And we need to treat the people, even those who are living in sin, with love and compassion. We most certainly do. When I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I feared what I didn't understand. And I even acted out in hatred at times. And at times I said things I shouldn't have said. And the Lord woke me up, literally woke me up and corrected me. And told me to, to show love and compassion. And I did. I did. I started making friends with people, people who are living in inappropriate lifestyles. God corrected me. I was able to make friends. And even some of them were able to come to this church at times because of it. The Lord did that, not Philip. The Lord did. What am I saying? That we are to justify the lifestyle? No. We're to love those people despite that. Just like God did to you, sinner, who's been forgiven, no matter what it is. So why am I saying that now? I'm saying this to you. We live in a time where they're trying to destroy your children, your grandchildren and others to destroy them. And by the way, this is not just about that. This is about all sin. But these things are being made to look as if they're from God. And they're not from God. He didn't create it to be that way. God is the great I am. I am came to fulfill the law. So I'm not Jesus. Because I can't and you can't. He came. And there's one other thing that we haven't looked at yet, and that is the spiritual. Spiritually, spiritually, the lost can't have the spiritual unless they have Jesus Christ. And remember this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Once you get saved, you have Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit. And we are now saved. The lost need Jesus. We have Jesus. We were once sinners just like them, just like those who given their bodies to the, the flesh. We were once the same way, but we are now saved. Listen to what it says. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, and that you are not your own? Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, you are the Father, we are the clay. You are our potter, and we all are the work of your hand. God can take control of us. God, if we give it to him, God can change how we live. God can change us inside and out. God can change us. God can change the way we think. God can change the way we feel because we can give ourselves over to him. I know he has for me. I know he does for me all the time. I love all people. Do you know I wasn't always that way? There's times that someone was different from me. I couldn't hardly stand being near him. You know why? Because they weren't perfect like me. But that's okay. I knew that. Here's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is God has helped me to see that I'm not perfect, they're not perfect, you're not perfect, that he is. And he who lives with them, he can change me, he can change them too. Because God can do all things, and he can do it to you, and he can do it to them too. And they need to quit listening 
to Satan, that bald-faced, dirty, disgusting liar who's lying to them and telling them they were created a certain way which they were not because it's against the creator himself. But I love them enough to tell them that truth. And I love them enough to say that God loves you and made you to follow him. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to get up, take up your cross and follow him. He loves you. There's nothing wrong with you. No, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you in which you need to listen to the world. There's nothing wrong with you that you need to be different than the Lord Jesus because he can save you just like he has me. You don't need to be like me. You need to be like he, the great I am. Psalm 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, we can change. I changed. I changed. I continue to change every day. Paul, Paul changed. Paul was Saul. He hated the Gentiles, hated them. He changed. He went out and let Jesus speak through him to all of them. If he could change, we can change. You can change. We can all change. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God can change us. Change his spirit. Help the spirit, the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit of the Holy Spirit, can help to control the mind, change the mind, change the emotion, change the body. Be obedient Christian soldiers. We belong to God. Remember, we are to be obedient Christians. You are his. And together we can say, I am what I am wants me to be. I am what I am wants me to be. And one last thing, Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Jesus said this, and this is what I want all of us to hear. I mean all of us, all of those on this earth, every single person of every single life out there to give themselves over to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want them to hear this. Enter at the narrow gate. Come to the narrow gate, not the wide. It may seem so easy to go to the wide gate, Satan wants to lie to you and say, it's okay to go to heaven through the wide gate. No, you can't. There's only one way into heaven. Only one. There are not all those other ways. Satan wants to lie to you and tell you it's okay to be what you want to be. I am what I am, and God wants me to be just that way. No, he doesn't. He wants you to come through the correct way. Not Satan's way. His way. He loves you. He loves you enough to tell you when you're doing wrong. When a mom and daddy loves you, they want to correct you and help you. To do right. The Father God loves you enough to help you. Listen now. Jesus says, chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 13, 14. Enter at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Talking about hell now. To destruction, and there are many who are going through it. Verse 14. Because small is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Maybe right now at home, maybe here, there are those of you 
who feel unloved. I sure hope you don't feel that way about me. Hope you don't feel that I don't love you because I do. Maybe even here in the scripture, you've been feeling so unloved before because you've heard people who've known Jesus Christ. And they haven't had the most loving way of talking to you. And I understand that. I really do. That, that sometimes can happen. When you're misunderstood and people don't understand your way of thinking, you can oftentimes feel like people are coming down on you. And really, that's not what it is. A lot of times, sometimes it is. In this case, that's not what it is. The Lord God, he does understand. And I understand what it's like not to be completely understood. I have felt, felt like many times that people don't know me nor love me. That's the enemy too, lying to you. But God is reaching out to you right now. I love you. Come just the way you are. I'll take care of the rest. Come, come. As we pray right now, you can pray at home. I want you to know that there's anyone here who feels led to come forward, who feels that perhaps, perhaps there's something in your life that you need to pray about. Maybe there's a question, something that you just feel there's something on the top of your shoulders, something that's weighing you down. You don't quite know what it is, but you know there's something. God can help you with that. He can show you what it is, make it clear to you. He can help you. Maybe you feel guilty because You've had temptations, and maybe you've given in to them. God can help you with that. You don't have to feel guilty about being tempted. You don't even feel have to feel that you're horrible and unsavable because you've given in to temptation. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But God, the perfect one, has died on the cross so that you can go to heaven. And if you've already asked Jesus into your heart, and you have tripped, God can help you back up and get the, that right. He can help you. You're not lost. You're just hurt. And you feel horrible because Satan is telling you that, that you're unfixable. And that's a lie. Remember, he's the father of lies. Don't worry about that. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to that coward. Listen to the one who's already been on the cross, died and risen up already. Come to him right now. Follow him and pray with me right now, Lord Jesus Christ. Right now we pray to you. We pray that you will help our spirits, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord God, that you help us to continue to give ourselves to you. Lord God, if there be anyone here or anyone at home who hasn't asked you to save them. I pray this be the day they feel led to come forward, whether it be a home through prayer or here, that they call out to you and say the most important thing that can ever be said, which is to save me, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Lord God, forgive me of my sins. I deserve, I deserve to burn for eternity. But Lord God, I believe with all my heart and soul, I believe that you will save me. I believe in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord Jesus, if there's anyone here right now who feels led to come forward, 
and pray a very important prayer for whatever it is, the stress that they're going through. I pray, Lord God, that you will have them come forward now. Maybe there's someone who feels led to join here today to the church. Lord God, if that be your will, I pray whatever your will is, that you will show them. If there be someone right now who has people in their life who has been lied to by Satan and they're concerned about them, I pray, Lord God, that you will lead them, you'll speak through them or to them. I pray, Lord God, that you will just speak right now to their very tender hearts. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.